0: Thank you, John. Brilliant. It's great when, uh, when God kind of draws things together in his speaking, isn't it? Um, it's fantastic. You know, one of the things um, that's central to our lives, and I think we can probably all agree on, one of the things that's central to each and every one of us in our lives is our relationships, isn't it? Uh, they're massively important to us. And I imagine it'd only take a moment for you to, to begin to think about some of the key relationships that there have been in your life. Some of the people who you've connected with, you've shared life with, who've spoken into your life and made a difference um, to you. But I wonder um, if you've ever had someone in your life who you knew and and you really wanted to take your relationship from from the level where it was to to a deeper level. To a little bit deeper, a little bit closer than, than where it was at that time. You know, we, we've probably all seen it on, on TV or in our friends or maybe we've, we've kind of experienced it and gone through it ourselves years ago or, or maybe recently where you, you've had that situation and there's been someone you know and, and, and you're falling for them. And, and you're desperate to kind of get this connection going and take this relationship deeper and to share life with them. But no matter what it is that you try, it, it just doesn't work. It, it's not coming back. They're not falling for you. It's falling flat. You keep trying to move the relationship on to the next level, but they're just not interested. They're, they're friendly, they're, they're kind, they're, they're polite, but there's this distance between you that you don't want to be there and you just can't seem to, to get past it and overcome it. You know, and it. And it doesn't just happen with people we're falling for, does it? You know, you, you've probably experienced it yourselves with, with friends maybe with, um, with with family members, with children, with people that you're, you're married to, those times of, of of seasons of frustration, as as you've wanted the relationship to go deeper. And you keep reaching out and, and keep trying to find ways to connect, but they just seem to fall flat. You know one another. You live alongside one another. You, you talk with one another. And the face of it, everything looks fine. People would think it was great. The other person is nice, they're kind, they're polite. But there just seems to be this distance between you. It's almost like the other person's holding you at arm's length. And you want so much for the relationship to go deeper. But you just don't know how to do it. You don't know how to take it there. You've tried everything. And you hate it. You're frustrated. And at some points you just want to give up because you're tired and you don't know how to fix things and make the relationship the way that you think it should be. You know, imagine we've all been in some kind of relationship where we can relate to that at some point in our lives. Where we've wanted a relationship to go go deeper and become more intimate than it was, but it just never seems to happen. You know, and it's frustrating When that's the case, because there is nothing that we can do to force someone else to open up to us, is there? There's nothing that we can do to to force that intimacy and that connection and that relationship to happen. We're made to be in deep relationships and to have deep connections with people. And that's why we experience that that frustration as we try and develop those kinds of relationships and it just doesn't seem to work. And it's an experience that we're pretty much all going to face at some point or another in life. But you know, when we go through that experience, it's not unique to us as people. You know, when we read the Bible, what we discover is that God desires with all of his heart to be in intimate, deep relationship with you, with his people. With each and every person. God is reaching out and pursuing a people who will be in deep and intimate relationship with him. And yet what we also discover when we read through the Bible is that throughout history people seem to have held God at arm's length. They've rejected that level of intimacy in relationship. And we see it first with Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve choose to, to reject that level of intimacy and relationship with God, walking through the garden out of a desire to be able to have their own way and do things how they want to do it. And then later we see it through the nation of Israel. As out of a fear, they hold back from intimacy with God. And they say, Moses, you go up the mountain. You get close to God. We, 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 we don't want that closeness. We're going we're gonna to respect God, but we don't want to draw near to him. Well, we'll be his people and in relationship with him, but, but we want to keep him at a distance where it's safe. And the thing is that, you know, we all know how painful and difficult that experience is as we reach out to someone in love and our efforts fall flat, don't we? And instead we experience a level of rejection and we're kept at arm's length. And so today, whether you've been coming to church for years or whether you've been, you're here for the first time, and you've never ever been to church before. What I want you to know is that your Heavenly Father desires a relationship with you. But He desires a relationship that is not casual and is not distant or just based around turning up to events and sitting in rows and singing songs. God desires a relationship with you that is characterized by 24-7 intimacy. Intimacy. You know, in Revelation 3 verse 20, we read how Jesus says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. You know, Jesus' desire is is not to be kept on the outside. Not to be kept at a distance, but to enter into your heart and to share life with you and to eat with you. Now, how many of you know that when you share a meal with someone it is one of the greatest opportunities to develop deep relationship with them, to share with them and to chat with them and to connect with them. You know, and in the same way it's God's desire to share a meal with you, to connect with you, to be in deep relationship with you, to be intimate with you. And the thing is that, you know, we all know we can reach out to people and we can make an effort with people, but none of us can force them to enter into deeper relationship with us. And so we get frustrated because our attempts at developing that relationship fall flat. But in the same way, God can't force you to love him. He can't force you to draw near to him. And to enter into that deeper relationship with him. He draws near to you. He takes care um, of everything that he can to make that kind of a relationship possible. And then he knocks at the door. He knocks at the door of your heart and says, let me in. I've done all I can. Just open the door. Invite me in. Let me have this deep, intimate, loving relationship with you. Let's share a meal together. And that choice to invite God in, that choice to open, um, be open with God and to give every part of our, our lives to him is a choice that is in our hands. And it's a choice that we have to make every single day. You know, there's a key moment in our lives when we might make that choice for the first time and enter into that relationship with God. But just as we can find ourselves growing distant from people and wondering what's happening and finding them at arm's length, so if we don't put time into our relationship with God and keep on with that attitude of inviting God into this deep relationship and saying we desire it and opening the door to Him, we can find over time that distance grows with God as well. You know, God's desire is to be an intimate relationship with you and with me. And, and my heart is that both you and I will grow in our relationship with God, will grow in our intimacy with God over these summer months. It's great to have the sunshine and, and be heading into summer. Now, to help us do that, we're going to spend these summer months looking at the Psalms. And, you know, in the Psalms, what we discover is the heart cry of David inviting God into the midst of every situation, every circumstance, every moment of every aspect of his life. We discover an encounter with God in every season of the soul. Whatever it is that David might be going through or you might be going through, there's an encounter of God there in the Psalms. And what we discover then is what it looks like to be intimate with God. What it looks like to share life with God. What it looks like to be in deep relationship with God. To be open and honest with God and to invite him into every part of our hearts and lives. So if um, the slide can go up, uh, we're going to have a a new series, which is Summer in the Psalms. Encounters with God. I can't promise the palm trees. Um, I can't even really promise the sunshine, but I can promise the sea being in Cornwall. So um, I'm sure we'll have a great time. You know, And as we look, though, at intimacy of relationship with God that's expressed through the Psalms, my hope and my prayer is that something will be stirred within us to open the door to Jesus in a new way. Something will be stirred within us so that we will each encounter God afresh ourselves and grow not just in our understanding of God, but growing our intimacy with him this summer. That's my heart, that's my prayer, that's my cry. And I, I hope that it stirs within you, and that's something that you want to join me on, you want to engage with, and get excited about. This morning, then, I want to talk about one of the, the biggest things that I think can get in the way and hold us back from inviting God into our lives in this kind of an intimate way. And it's, it's been great this morning to see the theme that, that God has drawn together and, and how he's already been speaking. Because what I want to talk about is, is one of the ways which blocks us from this intimacy with relationship with God is a struggle to really trust him. You know, a struggle to be confident that as we open ourselves up to God, that it's safe. I struggle to be confident that as we give our lives over to him that his promises are really true, that he really will be there for us, that he really does know what's best for us and will provide for us. So this morning, I'm, I'm, we're going to kick off the series I'm looking at something of the heart of God and his commitment to you and to me, his love for us and his care for us, You know, both in, in the pain of the hard times that we've been talking about and how he brings us through that and in the joy of the good times as well. Um, so we're going to look at Psalm 23. It's one of the best known Psalms in the Bible. But it's an incredibly powerful one. And I thought it would be great to begin. It's going to come up on the screen um, with saying it aloud together. I think there can be something powerful in speaking out Scripture together. So why don't we do that? If it can come up now, that would be fantastic. <clears throat> ah, no worries at all. <clears throat> if you want to find it in your own Bible, see you there for the rest of it. Feel free to because it will only be up on the screen for, for this bit. Why don't we do it slightly differently while it's coming up? It's all right, don't worry. Um, What I'll do is I'll speak a line, and you can repeat it back to me. For those of you who um, haven't got the Bible in front of you. So I'm going to speak a line. You guys speak it back to me, and we'll say it together. We'll speak it out loud. So here we go. So the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me. Beside quiet waters. He, me beside quiet waters. He, refreshes my soul. he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths. The right paths. For, his for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley. Even I, walk the darkest valley I will fear even no evil. For you are with me. Your rod, your, staff, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. Table before me. In, the In the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. You anoint my, head with oil. My, cup my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Fantastic. It's brilliant. It's great. I love that phrase, my cup overflows. It's just a fantastic image, isn't it, of the blessing of God. You know, when you, when you speak that psalm out, I don't know how you guys find it, but but for me, when I speak that psalm out, I'm somehow impacted by by the trust and the confidence that's expressed by David in God here, and and it, it stirs something within me. You know more so than just kind of having a reading it in my head when I speak it out. Just something stirs in my heart, and, and it's a, it's an incredibly personal psalm, isn't it? It's a, a, an incredible personal psalm because it's an overflow of David's own experience and encounter with God. It, he's speaking out of his, his his the way that God has been at work within his own life. You know, and I think one of the key reasons that this is such a popular psalm is because, you know, we might sometimes, we struggle to trust God and try to keep him at arm's length. And and some of us might even be, be struggling to acknowledge God and the reality of him and our need for him. But within each and every one of us, there's this hunger. There's this hunger for intimacy with God. There's this hunger for this kind of authentic relationship with God. And that out of that, we want to know, like David, this kind of security and strength and peace, knowing that we have a confidence in life, whatever comes our way, because of our great God. There's this hunger within us for that, isn't there? And so we read this, and it stirs something within us that longs to know it more. You know, and David had that, that kind of confidence in God because he understood God to be his shepherd. You know, when it comes to understanding what it is to be a shepherd, there's not many people more qualified than David, are there? You know, David had spent a lot of his years as a shepherd, and, and he knew what it was to be a good shepherd. He knew that a good shepherd loves his sheep. That for him there is no greater reward, no deeper satisfaction than seeing his sheep content, well-fed, safe, and flourishing in his care. You know, and the shepherd goes through a, a great deal of trouble to provide his sheep with, with good grazing, with ample feed in the winter time, with clean water. He provides them with shelter from storms and protection from enemies. You know, throughout the day he's making sure, going around checking all the sheep, making sure they're all okay. None of them have got lost. And then when it comes to night, he's, he's sleeping with one eye open and both ears open, ready to leap up at the slightest sign of trouble. That's the kind of shepherd that we have in Jesus. You know, in John 10, verse 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. It's a kind of relationship of trust and intimacy that God is inviting us into. And this morning, then, I don't want to try and do a whole load of heavy teaching. What I want to do is just unpack some of the imagery of this psalm. And just trust that as we focus on David's encounter with God, David's experience um, of God as his shepherd, that the Holy Spirit will be at work amongst us and something will shift within our hearts, within our minds, enabling us to grow in trust and confidence in our great God, just as David does in this psalm. Let's start, we're going to go back to the the first kind of couple of verses of the psalm for a moment. This is what it says, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Now we read there that, first and foremost, because God is my shepherd, I lack nothing. I want for nothing. And then he goes on to talk about the shepherd making the sheep lie down. And one of the interesting things about sheep is that it's not easy to get them to lie down. Sheep will only lie down if four conditions are met. First of all, they have to be free from fear. You know, sheep are easily frightened. It takes one rabbit to jump out, making one sheep jump and get a bit frightened. Then the next sheep doesn't know what's going on, so it panics and starts to run away. And the rest of the flock start running after it. No idea what's happening. (laughs) Sheep are easily frightened. The next thing that they need to be is free from friction between different sheep within the flock. You know, if they're aggravating one another and rubbing one another up the wrong way, and then they will stay on their feet, agitated and tense and worried, unable to relax or be at peace. Because they want to make sure they're ready if something happens. The third thing is that they need to be free from irritation and pests. Things like gnats and flies can distract and irritate a sheep so it doesn't want to lie down and can't settle and be at peace. And the last thing then is that they need to be free from hunger. You know, a hungry sheep will stay on its feet forever looking for something to eat. So when David says he makes me lie down in green pastures, it's the evidence of the truth that he lacks nothing. He wouldn't have lied down if he lacked something. The fact that he lacked nothing meant that he had nothing to be afraid of. The fear was removed. It meant that he didn't need to worry about his relationships with other people. And get annoyed about the little things that might go wrong in life. Because his God was with him. Because his good shepherd was looking after him. Taking care of him. And providing for everything that he needed. He is fully satisfied and fully secure. So he is able to come to that place of complete and utter rest. And refreshing and restoration. To lie down in the green pasture in the presence of God. And as the psalm goes on, then we discover that this confidence in God and this ability to trust God isn't just because life is cushy and easy. David goes on to talk about the valley of the shadow of death. And how even when he's he's going through a a situation where he should naturally be afraid, where there are the shadows of the bears and the wolves and the bandits all around ready to pounce, Even when he's going through a situation where people around him are his enemies and are out to harm him, he still doesn't need to be afraid. His shepherd is with him. He draws comfort and strength and confidence to be able to walk through the difficult times. Knowing that God is bringing him through to a better place. Knowing that the only reason a shepherd ever takes sheep through the valley of the shadow of death is because there's green pasture on the other side. That God will take care of him and bring him through. And I love the picture that comes next of God preparing a a table for David in the midst of his enemies. Most of you will know, um, if you've known me for any time, I like my food. Uh, Food is good. Um, But that's not why I love this, this verse, strangely enough. How many of you know that when you feel nervous or worried or afraid, the last thing that you want to do is eat? Now when you feel nervous, your stomach gets all churned up, doesn't it? And and, and the last thing you want is to to try and sit down and eat. You lose your appetite. And if you're the kind of person who's a nervous eater, you still won't sit and settle to a meal. You're just kind of grabbing at things and biting at things and trying to kind of use your energy in some kind of a way because you're agitated. And with this picture, you get the idea that all of the people that David might be afraid of, all of the people who he might have reason to worry about being around him, The people that are out to harm him and are in opposition to him, they come round to his house. But instead of being worried about what's about to happen, David is so relaxed and he is so at peace that he sits down to a three-course meal in front of them. Because he knows that his God is with him. He knows that his God will look after him and that he needs fear nothing, that his God will take care of him and so he is secure an incredible picture to me of how our our relationship with God completely transforms the way that we view and approach our circumstances and our difficulties, the opposition that we might face. How we don't need to worry because while we're just sheep, while there's nothing that we can do to protect ourselves or provide for ourselves, while we're not in control of the things that we're facing, we have a good shepherd. A God who loves us and cares for us And is with us. How many of you would like that kind of unshakable confidence and trust in God? Would like to have such a close and intimate relationship with God that you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that even though you're not in control, He is. And that He is for you. That He loves you. And you don't need to fear anything. You don't need to worry about anything. Well, I think the starting point for us um, being able to experience that kind of intimate relationship with God and to know peace and confidence in every aspect of our lives is simply this, to identify ourselves as sheep. Sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? Um, Who wouldn't want to be a cute and cuddly sheep being looked after by a good shepherd? Quite a nice little picture. When it becomes less appealing and a bit of a challenge is that there's no such thing as a strong, independent, I-can-take-care-of-myself kind of sheep. The only kind of sheep that exist are dumb sheep. Defenseless sheep. Sheep that are prone to wander off and get lost. Sheep that lie down on a slope, meaning that they end up rolling over and getting stuck on the back with their feet waving in the air and nothing they can do about it. Sheep that are so dumb that they forget what's good for them. They forget what nourishes them and they stop eating. And the shepherd has to come along and get them to eat again. Sheep that have no way of looking after themselves. Sheep that are entirely reliant and dependent on the shepherd. Now, and if we want to know and experience the peace of God and the confidence of having God, uh, the good shepherd with us in the midst of everything that we're facing, in the midst of the good times, and in the midst of the difficult times, then we first need to hold our hands up and be willing to say, I'm a dumb sheep. Without Jesus leading me, without Jesus strengthening me, without Jesus there to help me, I know that I will make a mess of everything. I know that I will wander off into temptation and find myself trapped again in sin, unable to escape. I know that I am vulnerable to the attack of the enemy. I know that I can't rely on myself, that trying to store up for myself security in my bank account is foolishness. I know that putting my trust in other people, in my friends, or in the advice and the recommendations and the wisdom of the world is like running after the rest of the sheep in the flock who are just as blind as I am. I can't even be relied upon to recognize what's good for me. I'm weak and I am foolish. I'm a dumb sheep. Now, and it's when we do that, when we stop trying to be in control ourselves and let go of our worries and our fears and place our trust in God, that we invite Him in to be our shepherd. That we allow Him to be the one who is in control. That we'll begin to discover the peace and the joy of God with us. That we'll start to be able to lie down in green pastures. I know the rest and the refreshing and the restoration are just lying in the presence of our God. That we'll find that suddenly life isn't a constant battle with feeling under pressure and trying to keep up with things. It isn't a constant battle with feelings of weariness and being burdened. So when we lie down, our minds aren't just filled with worries and fears that stop us being able to sleep, but instead we know the peace of the Good Shepherd with us. The nourishment of the good pasture of his word and his presence. We know the refreshing and the strengthening and the healing of the Holy Spirit at work within our lives. The last verse of the psalm then holds great promise, doesn't it? Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, you might read that and and think, well, what good is it if God's goodness and mercy follow after me when I need it to be with me? But the word that actually fits better there is, is the word pursue. That as we invite God to be our shepherd and to be in control of our lives, his goodness and his love and his mercy pursue us. That as we invite God to be our shepherd, he chases after us with goodness and love and mercy. And let me tell you, God is fast. He will catch you. Do you know God is pursuing you today? Now, I don't know where you're at in your relationship with God, but whether it's, um, this is all completely new to you, or whether you've been a Christian for years, God is pursuing you today. He is inviting you today into deeper relationship, deeper intimacy with him. He is wanting to take your relationship from where it was to the next level. He's knocking at the door of your heart, waiting for you to invite him in and allow him to be your good shepherd, to be in control of those areas of your lives where you've been holding on to and you've been worrying about. God made the first move. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, it was before you were born. It was before you said your first prayer. It was before you did your first thing wrong. It was before you made your first bad decision. And he died for you so that you could be forgiven and enter into intimate relationship with your Heavenly Father. God made the first move. And when he did, he was saying to you that you can trust me. He was saying to you that you can be vulnerable with me. You can invite me into your life. Can't you see how much I love you? Can't you see that I I cared about you? I chose to put your problems, to put your eternity, to put my relationship with you before the comfort of my own son. That's how much I love you. God is reaching out to you in love today. And he is inviting you into... Intimate relationship with him, not just distant, not just respectful, but intimate, deep, 24-7 relationship with him. It's his desire to go deeper with you and for you to grow in love for him. And he can't force it to happen. He's done everything possible to pave the way for that kind of a relationship. And today he's knocking at your door. Asking you to trust him. Asking you to invite him in and be willing to put your hand up and say, I'm just a dumb sheep. I'm just a dumb sheep. I don't want to live with worry and fear anymore. I don't want to try and be in control of every area of my life anymore. I place my trust in you. Please come and be my good shepherd. It might be that this morning that means placing your trust in Jesus and inviting him into your life for the very first time. Or it might be that this morning you realize that actually you've been keeping God at arm's length. For one reason or another, you've, you've not been willing to kind of enter fully in. Or that you've realized that in one particular area of your life, you've been so precious about it that you've been trying to hold on to it and control it and make it your way. you've been filled then with worry about losing it and what might happen you know whatever situation that you might find yourself in god is reaching out to you today he is knocking at the door of your heart and he if you want to invite him in then i want to encourage you to make a response this morning And what I'd like everyone to do in a moment is is we're we're just going to ask you to close your eyes. And then if you want to make that decision today, what I'm going to do, if you want to invite Jesus to be your good shepherd, to place your trust in him, to stop holding him at arm's length and instead enter into a deeper, intimate relationship with him, knowing that you can trust him, knowing that when you face the valley of the shadow of death, when you face your enemies surrounding you, he will lead you through that place, but not with your knees knocking but with a quiet confidence and peace that allows you to sit down to a three-course dinner. Knowing that he will be with you in the good times, that he will enable you to lie down in green pasture. What I want you to do is, is I'm going to ask you to put your hand up in a moment and we're willing to say as you do that, I'm a dumb sheep and I need Jesus. I need Jesus. And then I'll pray for you. So if everyone would just close their eyes for a moment. If you'd like to respond and be willing to identify yourself as a dumb sheep, then I just ask you to put your hand up and I'm going to pray for you. That'd be great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for each and every person that's put their hands up this morning. I want to thank you, Lord, for them making that decision to humble themselves. To give up their own independence. To recognize that they are weak and that they need you. And I want to thank you, God, that they are safe in doing that. That there's no risk involved. Because you love them, you care for them, you are with them, and you have promised to never leave them. God, I want to thank you that as they look to you and as they trust in you, that you will bring them through any and every situation and circumstance. And God, I just want to pray now that you would pour out your spirit upon them, that you would refresh them and renew them. I want to pray though, that you would just lead each one of these people into a deeper relationship with you, into a greater intimacy with you. God, I want to pray that through this week, each one of these people will have multiple opportunities to lie down in green pasture and to know great peace in your presence, to know the n- nourishment of green grass in your word, and for it to be life-giving to them. Pray for each and every one of these people that they would know your spirit poured out upon them and at work amongst them through this week. That they would know your spirit leading them and guiding them in the decisions that they make and in the things that they do. That you would go before them. Pray God that you would just give them a confidence in you which is unshakable. Knowing that they have a great God who loves them, who cares for them, who will lead them through the hard times who will bless them and provide for them everything they need. That they have a good shepherd so they will lack nothing. God, I just want to thank you for the truth that you are pursuing each and every single one of us. That you love each and every single one of us. And God, I just pray for for the rest of us here this morning, Lord, that we would know your goodness and your love and your mercy catching up. That we would catch us this week. That we would experience it this week. And we would be drawn nearer to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, I wonder if the, the band would be all right just coming up. And um, I, I don't know if you've got one in mind, but maybe we could sing God.